so as we're looking at this, though, you guys, have, like, you can tell I move a lot. I, I can't sit still. Um, if you're ever trying to find me when you come in, like to see me in the office and I'm not in my office, I'm probably in here. I'm surprised I haven't worn a, a circle through the carpet because I just kind of wander if I'm on the phone with somebody. So you know what that means? Sitting down for an extended period of time is difficult for me when it comes to prayer, right? How many of you are honest enough to say, I get bored with prayer sometimes, okay? Thank you for your honesty. My hand goes up with that. Now, part of the reason we get bored is because we're used to saying the same thing about the same thing. So the tool that I want to give you this morning, the first one that I want to give you is praying the Bible. And this tool is designed to help you fight against that boredom. In fact, you can go ahead and, uh, Jamie, put up the next slide of notes there. This is designed to help you to avoid the boredom of saying the same thing about the same thing every time. Because see, that's part of why we get bored is because we'll have a list of prayer requests, right? I'm going to pray for my kids. I'm going to pray for my wife. I'm gonna, I have some friends that I pray for the same time every morning. I've got reminders on my phone. I've got folks here at church that I'm praying for. And sometimes those prayer requests are kind of the same thing every day. And so if I just keep saying the same thing about the same thing, then I'm going to get really bored saying the same thing about the same thing. So what this tool is to help you to be able to avoid that boredom by mixing up what you say. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell the, the Bible scholars and teachers in the room, there's stuff about this that's going to make you uncomfortable at first, but it's not like it sounds, okay? For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, it's okay. We'll get there. So as we're looking at this, again, this is something that is not original with me. This comes out of a little book by a guy named Don Whitney, who's a pastor, or he's a uh, professor, I think at Southern Seminary. And uh, this little book costs you about $15. I'm giving you the 15 bucks right here. Um, this is basically the book in a nutshell. So here's what we're going to do. Look at, look at, go ahead and open your Bible. Actually, instead of going to Psalm 9 first, go to Psalm 23 first. This is the easiest way for us to figure it out is by doing it. What we're going to be doing is using the Psalms as a guide for our prayer time. Now, some of you are automatically going somewhere that, that we're not. Instead of, usually when we talk about reading the Bible or praying the scripture, we're talking about praying it in context. Now, in context means making sure that I'm not claiming promises that are ones that God made to somebody else that don't apply to me, making sure that I'm interpreting it correctly. And when we do biblical interpretation, we absolutely need to pay attention to those things. We, have, we need to make sure that we're not making the Bible say things that it's not. When we're talking about praying the Bible in this way, we're not talking about biblical interpretation. What we're talking about is allowing the words of the, the text to be able to help us to have ways to kind of, uh, like a jazz musician would riff off of a melody, to be able to use those words to kind of help jog our memory and make us think through what we're praying. Now, this may not make any sense, so let's try to go through it a little bit together, all right? Starting with a familiar psalm here in Psalm 23. The, the reason we use Psalms is because these are the easiest ones for us to follow. You can do this with other passages of Scripture, uh, but Psalms is most naturally this. Um, how many of you guys would consider yourself fairly creative, by the way? How many folks in here would say, I'm, I'm fairly creative? Okay. This may come fairly easy to you if you're sort of creative. You got to think a little bit out of the box. If not, it's okay. Throw this away and never look at it. It's fine. It's just a tool. Uh, there's nothing, you know, if it works, great. If it doesn't, don't. Okay? So let's look here at Psalm 23. This is where it gets fun. Uh, Usually, like I said, we're focusing on the context, but what we're doing is we're setting aside context and what this actually means, and we're allowing this to guide our thoughts, okay? 
Now, here's how this works. Let's go to Psalm 23, verse one. Now we're using the CSB, which translates it a little bit differently. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. So as you're going through this, the first things you notice is the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. Now, here's how you use this as far as praying the Bible. First, you might stop and think, take some time and say, well, the Lord. Well, I wanna just focus on who God is for a minute. God, you are so gracious. I'm so glad you're in charge because the world just seems totally out of nowhere. And I, I just am, I'm really glad that I know that you are in charge over everything. So you are my Lord, you're my boss. And then that reminds me, wait a second. You know, my boss is not a Christian. So God, would you save my boss? Because you're not his Lord yet. He, or he doesn't acknowledge you as Lord. You are, he's sovereign over all creation. But, but he hasn't acknowledged that you're his Lord. So God, would you save my boss? Would you draw him into a relationship where he acknowledges you as, as his Lord? And that may be all that comes to mind off those words. Then it says, the Lord is my shepherd. You know, the other day, I, this is true. I, I went Tuesday to Thorn Spring Pastures down in Pulaski or Dublin. Uh, it's a pumpkin patch down there. I went with my son's class for their field trip. And the family that owns that farm are believers, and they're using it as an outreach. I got to talk to the farmer for a little bit about some of the ways that they're using it and, and his heart and things. And I remember on the hayride, I, I saw some sheep that were back. I can't remember if they were his farm or, or something else. But so as I'm sitting here thinking the Lord is my shepherd, it reminds me of the fact that I was at Thornspring the other day. So God, would you allow the, the folks at Thornspring to be able to use their farm for the glory of God? They've got a haunted trail kind of thing that they're doing. Would you allow people to come to know Christ through that? Would you bless them and bless their ministry? Now, does that have anything to do with the context of the passage? No. But what we're doing is we're allowing these things to be able to, to riff off of and to guide what we're praying for. Now, do you see how this keeps us from saying the same thing about the same thing all the time? Because if I'm going to different passages every day, then I'm going to start changing the way I do it. So let's keep going, all right? Uh, I have everything that I need. Well, maybe you just saw that on the news, that there are literally hundreds of millions of people around the world who are facing starvation because of the drought. Uh, the, the Sudan, I believe, is one of the places I saw that there's a massive drought that's getting ready to lead to tremendous amounts of famine. And so as you sit there and say, God, I thank you that I have everything that I need to eat, I'm mindful of the fact that there's folks there in the Sudan who don't have the food that they need. God, would you send rain? Would you send grain? Would you send folks in the government that aren't gonna be corrupt, that will actually let the grain get to where it needs to go? Would you protect those folks? And would you allow believers there, even as they suffer, would you help them to be able to honor you? Now, again, that's not the context of this passage, but we're allowing the words of the text to kind of jog our thoughts about how we pray about the things we pray for, okay? Does that kind of make sense? You see how we're doing this? And like I said, some of you are like, nah, this may not be the tool for you, okay? Um, but some of you that are a little bit more creative and, and can uh, do the free association kind of thing, just let your mind go for a little bit. Well, how do I know when it's time to move on? If you can't think of anything else that comes out of that phrase, keep reading, okay? Go to the next one. Now, as you go through this, uh, what will happen is, using this tool, you walk through the, the psalm and through your requests until you've either run out of time or you have a sense that you're done. You've, you've read all your requests. You know, you've kind of done everything that needed to do, right? Well, what if I run out of a psalm? Go to the next one. It's like, this is not a rigid tool for you. This is just to help you and to give you a guide to keep you from getting bored to help you when you start, your mind starts wandering and you start thinking, you know, God, I'm praying for the folks in Sudan because they have just, God, give them everything that they need. And I need you to, uh, I need to run by the store today. I need to make sure that I've got milk. Do we have milk? Because I really want a bowl of cereal this morning. Wait, sorry. Okay. And then you can come back to the text and you can keep reading, kind of refocus and, and keep going in your prayer. 
all right? Do you see how you can use this? Does it sort of make sense? If you run out of time, stop where you stop. If you run out of requests, stop where you stop. If you run out of psalm, keep going to the next one, okay? Now, how do I know what psalm to pray? This is where God did a really cool thing. How many days are in most months? 30 days. How many psalms are there? 150, okay? There's 150 psalms and 30 days in most months. So what you do is, this sounds way more complicated than it is, so we're going to walk through an example. You pick today's date, okay? Start with today's date. What is today's date? October 9th, okay? So you would start with Psalm 9, and then you add 30. 39, add 30, 69, add 30, 99, add 30, 129. Now, some Psalms you get to, and they're harder to pray than others. The language just it doesn't click with you that day. Every day, if you do this, you'll have five Psalms you can choose from. Well, Sean, how do I know which one I'm supposed to do? You're way overthinking it, okay? This is just a matter of giving you a guide. This doesn't have to be a rigid thing. So you look at Psalm 9, it doesn't really resonate with you. You go to, one, you go to 39. 39 doesn't resonate with you. You go to 69. Go to 99, 129. Just choose one. It's okay. This is one of those times where you're, you're making a choice, not a decision. It's just like it's not a, a huge earth-shattering thing. Don't get hung up on this. You can come back next month on the 9th and get the rest of them, okay? So you go through, you find which one you like, and you settle on that. But what about October? It's got 31 days, right? Go to Psalm 119. Now, you'll, technically, Psalm 119 will show up on day 29 as one of your options, However, there are over 100 verses in Psalm 119. You're not going to make it all the way through on day 29 of the month. So on the 31st, go back to Psalm 119 or somewhere else. Again, this, is not, this doesn't have to be a rigid, systematic thing. It's just a goal to give you a guide to be able to walk through. Okay? Now, this is where audience participation, any questions about any of this? All right, I imagine you're still a little unclear on it because this was new to me the first time I did it. So we're going to do this together. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down five requests that are on your mind, five things that you want to pray about, five people you're praying for, five situations you're praying for, something like that, okay? Now, as you write those down, once you write them down, I want you to turn over to Psalm chapter 9. And if you don't have a Bible, there uh, should be one in the back of the pew there in front of you. I'd encourage you to go ahead and open that up and, and turn over with us. Um, it's nice to actually have a physical Bible in front of you when you're doing this. The, the, uh, having it on your phone works okay, but sometimes I like having the actual physical thing in front of me. Um, I, I did look ahead. It looks like Psalm 9 is probably the best one for us to do together out of today's Psalms. Um, tomorrow, by the way, what would the first one you be start with tomorrow? 10, right, okay, you'd have 10, 40, 70, 100, yeah, okay. I can't math, it's okay. Believe it or not, there actually is an app for this. Um, I can't remember what the name of it is, but somebody put an app together that has all five psalms in it every day, so you don't even have to do the math. Also, one of the things that you'll notice about this, I'm giving folks time to write just because I know sometimes it takes you a minute to get kind of what's in your head onto the paper. Um, the... The other thing that's kind of assumed by this is that you have a list of people you pray for. 
um, or a list of requests that you keep. That's one of the things that's a real simple thing to do now that most of us carry a smartphone in our pocket all the time. Uh, I have some friends that have some ongoing needs uh, and I have a reminder that shows up on my phone every morning at 7.20. If you want a, a separate app just for that, I just use the Reminders app on iOS, but if you want a separate kind of standalone app for that, uh, there's one that I recommend called Echo. It's an Echo prayer app. Uh, it allows you to put prayer lists in and kind of work your way through if that helps you. Um, sometimes it helps to have this offline, so have a paper copy just because if you're like me, uh, the phone can be a distraction more than it can be a help sometimes. Uh, but I would encourage you to keep a list. So now you've got your five requests. Let's go to Psalm chapter 9, and we're going to work through the first six verses together. Now, I'm not going to have you pray out loud, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a, a section or a phrase. I want you to go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes thinking about these five requests that you'd like to, to lift up to the Lord. And let's see if you can find ways in your own heart to be able to apply it, okay? So starting here in Psalm chapter nine, go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes. I will thank the Lord with all my heart. What jumps out at you there? Is there something you can thank the Lord for? Do you have somebody you know who's having cardiac issues? Do you know somebody with a broken heart? What can you pray out of that phrase? I will thank the Lord with all my heart. I will declare all your wondrous works. What pastors do you know who are declaring God's word this morning? What do you have going on at work this week? Who does God want you to declare his wondrous works to? Verse two, he says, I will rejoice and boast about you. Are any of those requests about somebody that needs some joy of the Lord in their life? Who's the proud person that boasts all the time that you need to pray for God to work on their heart? And is it you? I will sing about your name, most high. Verse three, when my enemies retreat, they stumble and perish before you. Do you know somebody who stumbled? Do you have somebody who's recently lost someone they love? Verse four, for you have upheld my just cause. You are seated on your throne as a righteous judge. The Supreme Court's back in session. 
pray for God to allow righteousness to take place? Do you have somebody going through a legal battle? Ask God to work in their heart. You have rebuked the nations, verse 5. You have destroyed the wicked. You have erased their name forever and ever. Is there anything going on internationally to pray for? When you hear the nations, what do you think about? Verse 6, the enemy has come to eternal ruin. Who do you know that apart from God's saving work, as far as you know, is going to be separated from God forever? Pray for their salvation. You have uprooted the cities and the very memory of them has perished. Maybe you want to pray for the folks in Florida whose cities have been destroyed. The folks in Ukraine who are returning to bombed out cities. Father, as we come to you, we thank you that you give us your word. And we thank you that even in these kind of ways, even though it's not keeping these verses in context or applying these promises the way that you have written them, we thank you that that we still have the privilege of being able to use your word as even a guide for our prayer life. Forgive us for getting bored with prayer, but would you allow this tool to help guide us? to help us to seek your face, to to know you and to honor you well. So Father, thank you for your word and the many ways we can use it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so you see how this works? Not terrible. Um, It's something that takes a little bit of practice, but it's something that I have found beneficial in my own life to be able to, to seek God's face in a different way, to not get bored about saying the same things over and over again, to have something to kind of pull my heart back and my mind back when I start getting distracted. So there you go. That's the first tool. Now, for some of you, that felt really woo woo, okay? That felt really kind of out there, free association. I just, I can't get there. Well, then for you, you might be looking for something that's a little bit more of a structure for you to be able to spend more time in prayer. Now, listen to me. As we're doing this, more time in prayer does not mean automatically that you're closer to God because sometimes people want to spend more time in prayer because they think God will be more impressed with me if I spent a full hour in prayer than if I just was doing my thing. However, there are you know, if we love Jesus, if Jesus died on the cross for us and was buried and rose from the dead so that we could have new life, there should be a part of me that wants to be able to spend time with him. I should love him and have a desire to be close to him and to know him, right? So if that's the case, then it would just make sense that, that we want to spend more time. So if you're trying to find a guide for being able to do that, that's what the second handout you received is. Now, a couple things about that handout. I didn't design that one. Stacy didn't design that one. Life Action designed that one, and they did it wrong. They laid it out wrong, so it folds weird. It does, it's not the right order, and there's two number 11s, okay? So just so you know, you can get that out of your, your mind. 
But this is a guide from a group called Life Action Revival Ministries that I had the privilege of sitting under uh, as a teenager. And not everything that, that Life Action Setter did was perfect, but this was a really great handout that they gave us on how to have a holy hour with God. And here's the idea. If you'll notice, there's 12 different sections to this this handout here. And of those 12 sections, if you spend roughly five minutes on each, before you realize it, an hour has gone by, okay? As you look at it, you'll realize some of these you'll probably spend a little longer on. Some of these you may not spend as much time on. But again, this is just a guide. I want to be very clear. There is nothing about this that makes you super spiritual if you do it. Okay, there, there is nothing about this that gives you better standing with God or it's not like a rosary or something like that. This is just a tool to give you a guide to be able to have a plan as you're trying to spend more time with God, okay? So just walking through that real quickly uh, on this idea of how to have a holy hour with God. There's not gonna be anything on the screen. You should have it in front of you. Let's walk through the different stages here. First, you start with confession. We saw last week that confession is a crucial part of our relationship with God, of recognizing that there is, uh, I need to ask God for forgiveness so there's nothing blocking the relationship and the fellowship that we have together, okay? Um, We do this up front because we wanna clear the air and make sure that there's nothing in me that would keep me from being able to listen well to what God's saying and to be able to respond and, and would keep us distant, okay? Then we move to praise, which is the next section. Praise is the idea of honoring God for who he is, not what he's done. Now, that's not a hard and fast distinction, but it helps us to think through it. So I would praise by saying, God, you are wise. There's a a list of some attributes of God, I think, there underneath that, that you can look through. God, I praise you for being wise and for knowing everything. I praise you for being loving and gracious and merciful. This gets us to that idea of worship that we've been talking about, of reflecting on who God is and giving him honor for that. So we start by praise. One of the things that that does for our heart is remind us who we're getting ready to talk to. So we start with confession, saying, God, I need to be right with you. Then we move to praise, saying, so God, I want to honor you in everything, okay? Then from there, we go into something that's a little bit more unusual and a little harder for us today, and that is waiting. Waiting. The idea there is to try to get our hearts and minds quieted and still before we really move forward in our time with God. This is a great time to try to close all those open loops about what you need to do with your day and just kind of quiet your mind to settle those things out. This is not talking about, uh, you know, focusing on your breathing or any of the mindfulness or meditation practices you see in Eastern mystics kind of stuff. It's more just taking some time to slow down and be still in God's presence. Then once we've kind of reached that place where we've sort of slowed down, and you guys know, I mean, it's it's the same thing of if you're trying to have a conversation with somebody in the house and you're trying to clean up from dinner and you're, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, okay, yeah, sure, You know, and you're not really paying attention in the same kind of way. If we're going to spend some concentrated time with God, we want to put all that aside and just sort of slow down to have time with him. From there, we move into the word. This is where you take some time to read a passage of scripture, to study the Bible, to learn a little bit more about what God says. This may be one of the sections you spend a little more time than just the five minutes, um, but we read and study the Bible to hear from God as he's revealed himself in it. From there, we move to intercession and supplication. Intercession is asking God something on behalf of someone else. So I'm interceding on someone else's behalf. So this is where I pray for others. Supplication is the idea of doing that fervently. So if somebody's got an urgent prayer request or something really serious, and I'm not just saying, God, would you be with them? But I'm actually really crying out for God to work in this person's life. That would be supplication. 
So we take some time for supplication. Then we move to a time of petition. Petition is where we take time to ask for what we need. It's not wrong to pray for ourselves, but I like the fact that they've got it where we pray for others first before we pray for ourselves. Now, we want to kind of keep that priority. Most of us don't have a hard time praying for ourselves. (laughs) Um, We have a hard time looking outside and praying for others. So we take some time to do that. Uh, For the next part, then, having asked for God to work, we take time for thanksgiving. And the distinction between praise and thanksgiving, again, it's not a hard and fast theological thing, but just for thinking about it. We praise God for who he is. We thank God for what he's done. So we praise God for being wise, and then we thank him for the way that he has designed the universe and makes it work. Okay, we, we praise God for being loving and we thank him for sending Jesus to die on the cross as, a, as an act of love for us. So that, that's kind of the distinction there. Again, not a hard and fast one. Uh, for some, the next part is challenging, but you can incorporate singing as a part of your worship time. Uh, depending on your house and where and how, you might need to do this a little bit differently. Uh, the beauty is we live in a time where you have access to any song you could ever possibly want between YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify. You can even get on Facebook or on YouTube and find our church's previous services. They're recorded and they're on Facebook. So you could sing along with one of our worship sets. Uh, you, you know, you could be a part of any of that. You can pick up your hymnal if you have comfortable with a hymnal, uh, spend time praying through some of the great hymns of the faith, some of the newer choruses, newer songs, all that kind of stuff. Just take some time to express back to God through song what he's doing in your heart. Now, I know some of you are looking at me like, yeah, that ain't happening. Okay, that's fine. This is a guide. You can pick and choose again. So then through singing, um, then we move to a time of meditation. And again, biblical meditation is different than meditation and mindfulness that you hear about and read about in all the blogs. That kind of meditation is the idea of like getting quiet and contemplating your solar plexus or whatever, right? You know, of stilling your breathing and focusing on those kind of things. That, that kind of stuff, that's not what biblical meditation is. Biblical meditation is the idea of pondering over the things of God. Um, it's actually the word in the Old Testament has the idea of ruminating on it. Uh, so for those of you who ever watched a cow eat, you know, that they eat, then they throw it up, and then they eat it again, and then they throw it back up, and they eat it again. That's kind of the idea of, of what we're doing with the Bible. We read the Bible, we read about the things of God, and then we kind of throw it back up, and we read it again, and we read it again, and we chew on it for a while. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Some of you are like, my day has been ruined. I am no longer hungry. Thank you very much for that. So meditation here, again, it's not just sitting there going om or whatever. In fact, actually, by the way, in case you ever wondered, that actually is a, uh, an act of pagan worship. Uh, when you sit in the lotus position and you say om, that is uh, a Hindu thing. It's not just a cool thing that yoga people do. Um, it actually has Hindu religious significance. Uh, that's supposedly the sound that the Hindu god made when he created the universe. And so you're joining with that. So just so you know, that's a thing. So that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about reflecting on the things of God, spending time studying those, okay? So from there, uh, we move to a period of listening. And again, this is hard. This is that getting quiet and saying, all right, God, what do you want for my day? What do you want for the rest of this? How do you want me to focus on you? How do you want me to serve you? How do you want me to honor you? I'm just gonna be still and listen for a few minutes. Now, God is not going to speak to you in an audible voice. He is God, he can, okay? Just gonna say it. God can if he wants to, but the odds of that are exceedingly small. Instead, what you know is as you're looking at God's word, he's gonna be bringing things to mind. He's gonna be guiding you through your day. The Holy Spirit works in your heart to help bring these things to mind. So be listening for what that would be. Be still and ask him, okay, God, how do you wanna work in this? How do you wanna guide today? And then you'll notice then after you do that, um, they 
they take you back to the Bible, to the book of Psalms. This would be a good time to put into practice what we've been reading or a time to just actually pray through one of the Psalms in context, reading it and, and saying, you know, what's the David saying or the other psalmist? What are they praying in this prayer? And I just echo that prayer back to God. And then we finish kind of as we started, and that is with praise. We stop by again reflecting and taking time to reflect on who God is. The reason for that is because one, we can never praise him enough. And two, because it sets the tone for the rest of your day. You're getting ready to get up and go do whatever else it is that you're going to do. You start by praising God for who he is. You end by praising God for who he is. And in the middle of all that, you, you can go in throughout your day with that reminder of who he is, right? Now, that's how to have a holy hour with God. Some of you say, I can't imagine spending an hour. Cut some of these. Make it three minutes instead of five. You know, whatever you need to do to be able to spend some time with God. And again, the goal here is not that when you come back next Sunday, everybody's going to say, we spent 60 hours this week as a church in, in prayer this week. That would be wonderful. But that's not a goal in and of itself. The goal is that I carve out time of my day to spend with the God who loved me so much that he would spend time with me. You see, the reality is God created us to have a relationship with him. God created us to spend time with him. And we rejected him and turned our back on him and walked away from him. But he loved us so much that he came back to us. He came to earth and he walked among us. He taught, he did all of these things for us and died in our place and rose from the dead so that we could have a relationship with him. And now that we have the privilege of this relationship with him, we want to know him better. We want to spend time with a God who would do that for us. So that's where we're headed in encountering God in prayer. We want to spend time with the God who loved us so much to die in our place, both individually through praying the Bible or through having a holy hour with God or whatever tool you already use in your prayer life. And then corporately, as we come together on Sunday mornings and have our deacons lead us in prayer at the beginning, have us pray in the middle of the service, have us praying in the hallways and in the, in the Sunday school classes and on Wednesday night in our prayer groups and in our small groups and throughout the week as you call each other and, and talk to each other about what's going on, that we would encounter God through prayer together and exalt him that way. With that in mind, would you just bow your head with me and close your eyes for just a moment? And I wanna give you another opportunity just to pray. Again, without going overboard, what of this morning's tools, what's the one thing you need to do differently this week when it comes to your prayer life? Maybe you say, you know, Sean, I, I don't know that I can get an hour out of the day yet, but, but I do want to spend 15 minutes. Well, the first step of that then is maybe sit down this afternoon with that how to have a holy hour handout and say, all right, God, of the 15 minutes that I've got, how, how would you have me best spend this? What could I do? And then as you go through, maybe... He lays out that on Monday, you should pray over this section. On Tuesday, you pray over this section. On Wednesday, this section. What do you need to do different? Maybe you need to ask forgiveness for the sin of prayerlessness. Say, God, I've been trying to do this on my own. I've not been seeking your face. I've not been relying on your grace. So I need you to forgive me for that. And I need to rest in the grace that you give for me to be a person of prayer. Maybe you're here this morning, though, and all of this is brand new to you. You've never had a relationship with Jesus. You've never come to him. You, you may have been to church before. You may have heard some of these things, but you've never realized that there's a God in heaven who loves you so much 
that he died in your place, was buried and rose again so that you could know him, so that you could have a relationship with God. Why don't you give your life to him right now? Why don't you let this be that first prayer where you say, God, I need you. I need you to forgive me. I need to follow you. I need you to be in charge. Just talk to God. Tell him those things. Encounter him in prayer right now. Just going to give you a minute to do business with God. Then I'll close this. Father, this morning, we thank you that you're a God we can meet with. As we sang earlier, you're a God who made a way for us to be able to have a relationship with you. A God who not only allows us into your presence, but invites us into your presence and wants us to come and pray. So we do that right now. We know that as a church, we can't do everything or anything that we need to do for you on our own. We're not strong enough. We're not smart enough. We're not capable enough of following you the way that we should. So would you make us a people of prayer? Would you make it a hallmark of this congregation that we're a people who seek you individually and corporately, a people who are devoted to you, a people who lift up these requests, who seek to hear from you through your word and and through our time with you, would that be a hallmark of who we are as a church? So that wherever you have us going with missions or with discipleship or with evangelism or or with ministry or, or with fellowship, whatever we do with any of those things, that they would come from hearts that are worshiping and praying and seeking your face. There may be some commitments that have been made this morning in this room. Plans that have been made to get up earlier, to to turn off the TV a few minutes before bedtime, to, to carve out some time to spend with you this week. We can't follow through on that on our own. So would you give us the grace to pray for your name, your glory? Would you make our prayer lives a joy? Things we look forward to and anticipate. And as the great God you are, would you see fit to answer these prayers in the way that only you can for your name and your glory and our joy? And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.